Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Tuesday, June 1st. Stocks are rallying across the board in all major markets. So the U.S. equity futures are in the green. S&P futures are up about 18 points. That is about 45 basis points. NASDAQ futures are up a similar amount, 55 points. That's about 40 basis points. You have mild outperformance in the Dow up 179 points. That is about 52 basis points. In Europe, the major indices are up about a percent. You have outperformance in a lot of the industrial groups. So basic resources in particular, very strong global miners. That group is up about 3%. Energy is doing very well too, up about 2% energy equities in Europe. Um, and that correlates with a very strong move higher today in underlying crude prices. You had some remarks out of the OPEC plus countries talking about how a lot of the um, pandemic glut has been depleted and you're going to see supply demand conditions tighten, um, quote unquote, acutely going forward. So that's helping crude prices this morning. Um, nothing is really suffering outright losses. No major subgroup is suffering outright losses in Europe. You are seeing some mild underperformance, though, in certain um, certain staple groups like the consumer staples, um, healthcare, and telecom. Turning to Asia, there was green across the board for the most part, other than a couple of um, small pockets of red price action. So a, a lot of news, a lot ton of headlines out um, since the U.S. closed on Friday, obviously given the three-day holiday weekend. So I have everything compiled in the piece today. You know, I don't necessarily think the narrative is shifting dramatically, just a couple of highlights. Um, so we're getting manufacturing PMIs for the month of May out across the board in Asia and Europe. Um, you know, for the most part, they strike me as relatively neutral. I don't think you're seeing, um, you know, huge discrepancies versus expectations you are, you know, probably the one outlier was India suffered a large decline in its manufacturing PMI in May versus April. Probably not too shocking, just given the COVID situation there on the ground. Um, otherwise, the manufacturing PMIs again strike me as being kind of relatively neutral. Um, you know, not negative, not positive, not, not not negative or positive. Just again, relatively in line with expectations. The eurozone CPI hit at 5 a.m. this morning for the month of May. The core number was in line with expectations, so I think that is certainly a little bit better than feared on the inflation front. That follows the U.S. PCE on Friday, which was also no worse than feared. So some mildly encouraging inflation news um, in the last uh, two trading sessions, which I think is helping somewhat on, um, again, uh, cool some of the inflation anxieties that have been weighing on markets you had a lot of China headlines out Monday, so Sunday night, Monday morning out of China talking about how um, that government is becoming much more active as far as clamping down on the recent yuan rally. Um, you know, So you could read into that that it means China could start to slow and or halt the recent um, you know, gradual tightening uh, policy that it's been implementing over the last several months. So that's obviously helping, I think, some of the commodity stocks trade higher in Europe that you're seeing this morning. Um, 
you had a um, you know remark from Bullard in the FT that hit in the in the last couple of minutes. Um, you know he was mentioning how he thinks the labor market is tighter than it appears on the surface. Um, and again, he's the latest Fed official to talk about how he anticipates the commencement of the tapering conversation at the Fed. So the next major Fed event will be the 16th. That's the next meeting and Powell Fed press conference. You've had several Fed officials. Um, including Clarita Quarles, now Bullard, um, Kaplan, the Dallas Fed president, has been talking about it for longer than anyone else. Um, you know, again, just how the Fed is now about to embark on that conversation of, um, you know, dialing back asset purchases. Again, I don't think that should really shock anyone. I think so long as tapering doesn't arrive before November, markets should um, be able to absorb that news relatively well. But I do see for three reasons, um, you know, uh, factors that are going to cause hiccups in the market, one of which is this evolution of Fed rhetoric around asset purchases and tapering. Um, You know, again, monetary policy globally is now in a tightening phase, tightening at a very, very gradual pace, and it's coming from an extraordinarily accommodative level, but directionally it is adjusting. Um, And I think, again, the Fed will be the next major data point. So on a fundamental basis, I don't think it shifts much for, um, you know, underlying economic activity, but I do think it's going to be something that markets um, probably haven't fully absorbed at this point yet. Um, The other one concerns U.S. fiscal policy. So you are going to see the bipartisan talks continue for another week. Remember, Biden had been talking about Memorial Day being a rough deadline. Um, So the talks will continue on for another couple of weeks, but I see them shifting in a more partisan direction going forward. Now, I continue to think that the Democrats don't have the votes um, in the Senate or the House for dramatic tax hikes. So I don't really see that as being a huge threat. But I do think rhetorically, at least, you're going to see tax hike headline risk increase going forward as those talks pivot back to a partisan track. Um, In addition to that, the whole Biden global minimum tax proposal, um, that is picking up momentum too. So you have a G7 finance ministers meeting at the end of this week. They are likely to um, commit to reaching an agreement on the global minimum tax. Just as is the case with US tax rates, I don't think that this global minimum tax is really going to get off the ground. I think it's just wildly too complicated. Um, you're talking about the all pretty much every single country on the planet coming to a consensus agreement and then having that pass through the U.S. Congress. So you have a ton of obstacles standing in the way of that become, uh, coming to fruition. But again, it's more of a headline risk issue um, on the tax front. So that, in addition to headline on the Fed policy shift. Um, and then in a month and a half, we have the calendar Q2 earnings season. And I think you're going to hear a lot more um, coming out of that about just corporate margin pressures. Um, you know, again, I think that you're not going to see earnings estimates really get revised dramatically lower, but I do think it's more kind of just a messaging adjustment at the margin where we're coming off a very bullish earnings season where companies, um, you know, talked about reopening and talked about, um, you know, you had this, this kind of um, huge splurge of economic activity driven in part by the stimulus checks that were sent around over the last couple of months, um, you know, along with ongoing Fed accommodation and then just, you know, the rapid reopening as, as the pandemic fades. I think the Q2 season will be characterized more by, um, you know, margin headwinds that companies are facing. So those are the three reasons why I think you're going to see some hiccups facing equities going forward, not dramatic at all, um, but just something to be aware of. So those are kind of all the major themes and trends for this morning. There is a lot more news, so be sure to check out the piece this morning. I have everything compiled in it. 
Um, nothing too exciting to talk about on the micro front, on the company specific front. Um, you know, a few M&A items to note, but nothing again, all that dramatic. For the calendar today on Tuesday, June 1st, you have the U.S. Manufacturing ISM at 10 a.m. You have the final OPEC Plus decision. I, I think you're going to see, um, you know, output stay consistent and unchanged. No one's really expecting much on that front. And then after the close on the earnings front, you have HP Enterprises and Zoom ZM. Um, Zoom, I think, will be very much in focus. Obviously, that's probably, um, you know, ground zero as far as pandemic um, beneficiaries. So investors will be watching to see how its business is evolving as the pandemic fades. And then just looking out over the course of the week, you have the U.S. Services ISM on Thursday. Jobs report on Friday will obviously be crucial. This will be the last jobs report before the Fed meeting. Um, so obviously investors will be reading into that to see, um, you know, how Powell could evolve rhetoric uh, at the, on the 16th of this month. And then that G7 finance ministers meeting um, takes place Friday and Saturday in London. Um, and again, I think you're going to see a commitment from the finance ministers exiting that event to proceed forward with this global minimum tax um, idea. And then you have, um, you know, a bunch of earnings this week. Um, including, like I said before, Zoom after the close today, um, Network Appliance, Splunk after the close Wednesday, Avago, DocuSign, Lululemon after the close on Thursday. And you have a bunch more sell-side conferences too. It's another busy week of sell-side conferences. So that is everything for today, Tuesday, June 1st. Thank you for listening.